Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this is our spoiler screen review of Scream 6. Uh, to make it very clear that this is the spoiler review. So there will be many spoilers for Scream. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be full to the brim with uh, spoilers. So if you haven't uh, seen Scream and you accidentally stumble upon this episode, then we actually have done a spoiler-free review that you can go and check out. <laughs> yes, a little short half an hour reaction where we have literally tried to stay away from anything, even slight wording, specific details or anything, just general kind of how we feel about it. If you want a little teaser before you go in and we've even avoided any major like plot points or like even that. So you can go in nice and fresh still while hearing our beautiful voices talking to you about Scream, Whisper. That screamed you. <laughs> that screamed, yeah. Um, well, before we get stuck in, I will do my usual spiel where um, I will say that if this is your first time listening or if you're a long-time listener, uh, please make sure to check that you've hit the subscribe button. And if you can leave us a lovely review, it always helps the show grow. Um, now getting into it, should we go straight into it, Epo? Yeah, man, straight into it. No need for any countdowns or anything like that. There are spoilers no, are coming. The spoilers <laughs> are coming. Um, the opening scene straight away with uh, Samara Weaving. I, I, I didn't realise she was attached to this at all. And I'm kind of glad that she was the opening kill. I think it was, uh, it was something that they would have kind of... I think she would have been the opening kill if I figured out that she was attached to it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure that I when we were watching it, um somebody said oh they've or after she died somebody said oh they've got her just to you know just to die at the start so i don't know whether they were big screen fans or anything or not but i don't know if you ever heard that but it's definitely something i heard yeah um no i, I think i do remember hearing that like someone in the background saying that um i don't it, I, and again it depends on how you've come into this film like have you come completely have you seen a couple of trailers or posters uh, she was on one of the posters as well. So I had seen that she had been um, added to the cast. So I saw when she was added to the cast that her and um, uh, something Rivoli, whatever his name is, the one who plays Jason, who is the the killer in the yeah. scenario, um, who's, you know, from Spider-Man films. Flash, um, that's why I know him as. Yeah, <laughs> Flash. Um, yeah. I knew that they were both in it and I also knew that they were added later to the cast so they were already filming and it said that they were added which yeah. I guess is just a I don't know why but that was just a straightaway giveaway you've added two fairly known well-known well actors later in the game to it so they're not needed for the main principal photography so it's yeah. kind of like okay so they're, they're there to, they are the they're definitely the opening kill so I did know uh, that they were going to be the opening kills but how it plays out was definitely not expected nice no. but not expected um so she plays laura crane a little throwback marion crane psycho kind of uh yeah throwbacks there's even a mention about psycho in the opening talk between her and jason who is the one that is on the other end of the phone although he's pretending to be reggie reggie yeah <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Yeah, and obviously, you know, the he she's kind of gone for a date, and the the call rings up saying that he's lost. And I think as soon as that part had played out, it was you know it was uh it, it was obvious that she was going to die. But I love that you know he they had that kind of 
a bit of back and forth about, you know, are we going, you know, where am I? And I'm lost. And then yeah, yeah. her talking about being uh, being a film, film studies, studies teacher. Yeah. And her talking about slashers and that kind of stuff. So we got a little bit of metaness. But one thing that I did really enjoy about the film was it never leaned into being quite as meta as Scream 5, which I wasn't overly huge on. Um, I think that it was far too meta for me. So I felt like this film, whilst it did it did lean into it, it was actually telling a bit of a better story than it was just uh, focusing too much on being meta. But I love the idea that, I mean, um, you know... I was going to say, I mean, the I, I, think, I think a lot of the lack of meta comes down to the fact that we have the the core cast kind of thing are maybe at times saying meta things, yeah. but the ghost face this time is, is not the ghost face is yeah. almost completely against the whole meta film kind of in, in many ways kind of thing. It seems yeah. to annoy, it seems to annoy this ghost face, any mention of these kind of little mention, like any of those things, uh, in the opening scene, of course, we do get the old classic, you know, talking about stab and what oh, what's your favorite scary movie? And we have those kind of mentions, but this that's because it's from a different ghost face killer, as uh, as we find out here. Um, and I do one thing I do like about Samara Weaving is even though she is a very short scene, I do think she 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 brings a lot of personality into her characters. And even in yeah. that short scene, she's quite funny and her reactions to the things she's saying, she feels I think you feel legit. You feel sorry for her because she seems legitimately quite like a quite a cute kind of charming. Like she's like as if yeah, she's, she's not. Yeah, she's not used to these kind of dates, and she's. You can see every time she mentions anything like sex or things like that, she's just like for fuck's sake, like in her yeah. mind, and and that's all played by her. So the fact that she managed to sell herself in what is only probably literally about the opening five minutes of the film. Um, yeah, if that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it could have been easily such a completely forgettable part. Like, you, yeah. you could have cared, you could have cared nothing about this character in the time, and that could have brought it down. But I do think she elevates it a little bit more. It's a good choice to choose someone who's not like a. I wouldn't say in many ways Samara Weaving isn't a general public kind of big. She's not big in that way. She hasn't completely broken out, but she is in. She's been in enough kind of consistent things that people might just about recognize her. Yeah, particularly with horror films as well. You know, she is kind of like a, a modern day up and coming screen queen. You know, she's been in quite a bit that way. Yeah. But I love that because uh, there's one thing that we spoke about, obviously. Um, Samara Weaving's character is lured down an alley and then is killed by Ghostface. And I was thinking, okay, this is going to be the opening. And then we get something that we spoke about quite a while ago where we wanted a Ghostface killer to be revealed quite early on. And yeah. we see Jason Ravolio, I think it is, um, reveal himself as the killer, get rid of his stuff and go back to his flat. And what I liked is going into this film, um, whilst it is kind of Scream 2 again, um, I was worried that it was just going to be somebody trying to finish Richie's film, basically. Um, so I did love that we kind of got that storyline out of the way. You know, we follow... Um, we follow Jason after he's Jay. That's his character. I don't know why I would just say the actor's name, but we follow him after he's killed Samara Weaving and he's gone back yeah. to his flat. And he speaks to his other ghost face, Craig. Partner, uh, Craig. Yeah, Craig. 
Greg, whatever. Greg. <laughs> about not how that he's that involved. Not that he's that yeah. About how he's going to uh how they're planning to finish Richie's film and to kill Sam and Tamara Tara yeah. Carpenter. And I thought that was really cool, you know. And it, I thought, was... okay, are we, are we gonna get, you know, um are we gonna get the ghost face that we know throughout the film? And it's gonna be a bit of a we know who's behind it but the characters don't is this going to be the dynamic that plays out but then they are both killed by the real ghost face and it did it kind of made me think okay we're not just going to be following on that the, they're making a sequel to the requel kind of idea which which was my main kind of concern going into the film i think yeah, no, I, yeah, absolutely. I, it was a bit of a, it, it would have been the obvious choice to do. Um, mm. and like we say with, um, it's Tony Ravoli, like Ravoli or whatever it is. And that's okay, the actor's Jason. name. And, and Jason is the character's name. Yeah. And Jason, yeah. I mean, I really like that whole like dynamic from killing him. I, I mean, that's one thing straight away. I, I did notice because I knew the actor's voice. I knew it was the actor's yeah. voice on the other end of the phone straight from the beginning of the film. Um, so it did leave me some questions as to how are we doing the classic, you know, the the kind of over, the fake voice thing from like Scream yeah. 3 or something. Like, I was like, I hope we're not using that kind of one. Um, is it, you know, is he legitimately, are we about to get two side-by-side kills as in Ghostface kills this one, then goes and kills the other one? Um, yeah, and w- one thing I really loved in that op- that opening was the fact that when Samara Weaving's Laura is is um, gets the final slash, that's normally the point when it goes scream, like the title credits, scream yeah. six, and it's nice that they included that where it goes down and then it's actually. Tr- and because they were talking about the red building earlier, he says now now I can see red kind of thing, and it's yeah. like suddenly like oh wait. Oh wait! So Ghostface has killed killed him, but we've 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 stopped suddenly, and oh, and then yeah, the reveal of the mask, and obviously this is not it's not completely what I kind of it it, it still doesn't play out completely what I did want. I, no, I I more want the reveal of Ghostface to be before that final act kind of thing. Yeah. So that I don't want to follow. I'm I'm not saying I don't want to really follow Ghostface the entire film, knowing who it is, because I feel like that just causes way too many questions. I just like one of them to either be killed or revealed. Before the final act, but there's still another ghost face out there. Or that's the other one I'd like to see in the future from one of these films. I'd like to see that yeah. reveal in different. But then again, I think that this opening probably, probably outside of the original, this is probably the most effective opening that they've actually done in any of the sequels. To be honest, yeah, I think it was my favorite as well. It was, it was, it was good to see something a bit different. See somebody actually kind of take on the ghost face character and have this plan and to kill you know to kill both of the sisters and kind yeah. of and we see tara it, as well don't we in the opening yeah we see tara and i don't know it was quite nice to see that like even though there's these aren't the main characters and these are just the opening kills they've got their own kind of plan cooking and it kind of it fleshed them out quite a bit for me yeah um, and then obviously being a massive kind of horror nerd like we are i mean it's a horror movie podcast it was yeah. great to see all of the stuff that they had in their flat and them watching you know argento and throughout saying like oh yeah i killed her because she gave me like a c like a c minus on my my argento piece and yeah they kept calling him like an argento freak and loving dario argento it was kind of really <laughs> just to have that um, and uh, jason takes manhattan on the tv screen we yeah, had also had the tease of 
him having several different ghost face masks and he puts the bloody yeah. one back, which kind of teases nicely later for the shrine that we get later on and the implication that they're the ones that have made the shrine kind of thing, yeah. which we then find out later is not quite the case. Um, oh, yeah, I really, I, I love those. I also love the fact that we got a chance to actually um, hear a ghost face go through the method of his feelings towards doing that kill. He talks yeah. about it like it becomes like an animal. And I like the fact that that almost enrages the ghost face that we then kills Jason. Uh, yeah. I like the fact that he uses that as, do you feel like an animal? And that kind mm. of thing. And then obviously, and then obviously we kind of kill off that whole idea of it going to be a continuation of any of the movie stuff with him saying, what about, you know, that, that line that goes back to what about my movie kind of thing that goes back to screen yeah. five, what Richie said in screen five. Um, and then it's, who gives a fuck about the movies kind of thing like and it shows yeah. straight away Ghostface is not is not the meta kind of freak that we've had previously he doesn't really give a shit about that part of it he's pure and, revenge <laughs> and for me that's the Ghostface killer that I like I like when I love you know I love Billy Loomis and I love Stu and I love the first motivation of you know trying to make like a real life horror movie and all the and then all the meta commentary that comes with it when we get to the second film, I like um, I like uh, Nancy Loomis, but I don't really like Mickey. I always think Mickey's a bit of a weak killer. And then he's by bit, the time he's we... tacked on, isn't he? He's, cut, he's, he's, he's seen, he was tacked on for as we know many reasons he was tacked on. <laughs> yeah, but then it's it just it seems to me like when once the killer's motivation is meta as well, like oh I'm making good commentary on films. I get like it's it's just been replayed quite often for me and we i mean we'll touch on it later that this is kind of screen two as well yeah the motivations yeah. i still kind of enjoyed it i like that it, it wasn't so much about the metaness and it wasn't that all the metaness wasn't the forefront and wasn't the the thing apart from the scene that we mentioned in our spoiler free one because it's in every film where they talk about the rules people weren't constantly going on about it and there was actually moments of metalist that i didn't like like there was a moment where um kirby and uh because obviously kirby comes back kirby and mindy are talking about horror films later and i was like i was rolling my eyes at that bit i was like this is just really bad <laughs> and really cringy i know so people I, I didn't mind it too much it. yeah i didn't mind it too much i thought she was okay um I, yeah that that part i didn't mind too much it was a it was a throwback it was only simple it was kind of more it was one of the few that gave Kirby some extra actual, like, uh, nice scene times because in some ways she felt a bit wasted to me in, in many scenes. She felt yeah, a bit I of a wasted see. point. Um, yeah, I didn't see the point of coming back. We'll, co we'll come to Kirby when we get around that when point. We now, we, we, don't need, I, I, we don't need to talk about every single plot point in this film, but oh, we, no, like key, key deaths and things like that, uh, key scenes that I think are, are really important. So... Um, so yeah, great opening scene um, that follows directly on with a nice kind of clear setting, Scream 6, a nice view of New York City. And it's like, this is a new place. We're, we're doing this a bit differently this time, um, which is good. And uh, luckily the film backs that up. Um, just to kind of get out of the way, the little kind of character development parts, we've got kind of, um, we've got Sam who's fully embracing the idea that she actually feels like she may be you know, psychopathic in some way or a killer, or yeah. she might be her, her, her father's daughter in that way. 
uh, yeah, with her therapist. Yeah, how she, how she killed, how she enjoyed killing Richie. Um, and it's it's an interesting dynamic that is played out through the film. Um, whilst, like I said, I'm st- I still don't know how I feel about Force Ghost Billy Loomis. I do kind of, <laughs> I, by ad- accepting it by the time, you know, we got to this film, I did think that it actually played an interesting part, especially when she's killed someone and it's been like, how has this affected her? Yeah. Um, and you and, only see him at points when it's actually legitimately related to like, she can literally see her father's costume knife. Yeah. That's the only time it triggers it back into her head kind of thing. And he's not, he's not quite as in sight and he's uh, as he was in previous yeah. times, or he's not, he's not pointing her towards a blade, which we're kind of questioning whether she actually even saw that, or have we now got a force ghost moment where he's guiding yeah. you to that blade, like a lightsaber in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a bit like that. Um, Tara is the opposite. Uh, she doesn't want, she doesn't want to reflect on the past. No. Uh, she's running away from it completely, getting herself into awkward situations with D-bag guys at parties. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy who comes across at first, like he's, Kind of just a drunk asshole, but he doesn't seem that bad. And then he basically wants people intervene. He tries to basically just drag her up the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> just like, how do you think that's gonna go, guy? Like you've got Chad yeah. there who's trying to like who's trying to like muscle up to him and be like, dude, like she doesn't want to go. She's staying down here with us. Yeah. And, like, yeah. And then he just his reaction is she wants to come with me. I'm gonna drag you up the stairs. I'm gonna yeah. <laughs> I'm going to actually physically drag her upstairs. Um, and it, it, it lays out a nice foundation. Uh, Tara and Sam actually have a actual arc clearly set out in this film for both characters. Um, yeah. it, I mean, most uh, most of them, it's, it's one of the stronger parts of this film is that it has a character driven uh, in many ways, especially for what we call, what they call the core four. They all yeah. get a kind of arc in certain ways, some of them a little bit more than others, but Sam and Tara especially have this kind of, Distrust is still there from what from when she was left before. Tara does still doesn't seem to fully, you know, she feels like she's being suffocated by uh, by Sam. Sam's doing everything, and Sam is so kind of maybe too much in the past that she can't get past it. Whereas Tara's yeah. just trying to trying to push it away and trying to get on, but not in the healthiest of ways. No, she's trying to live her life, isn't she? Um, but I think it being more character driven, I don't know whether that was originally as much of an intention or whether it was because, you know, we don't have Neve Campbell coming back. And that is, I know we, we, we briefly touched on this and we know that Gail Weathers is in the film, um, yeah. but I didn't actually, I think Sydney being not being in this film actually made the film stronger. Um, Yes, I don't. Absolutely. We said this on our spoiler-free review, but I'm unsure how they could have fit her in. Um, I think it's quite nice that she had a conclusive, happy ending. You know, there was a line that they say about her along the lines of, um, "She's uh, she's off with Mark and the kids. She's left and she's staying away. And she's you know let her have a ha- her happy ending." And I like that because we have this pattern of just like dragging out our like our legacy characters for one more rodeo and then we have to kill them you know because we it, we can't have them just ride off into the sunset and be happy you know so it's almost like yeah we just need to kill the legacy characters so that the new ones can can take over and i kind of yeah. felt like not having neve campbell in this film meant that the, the core four actually got 
a lot more time to shine and to to move their story forward. Um, I I completely agree. Um, Yeah, I think it it worked perfectly not having him there. I mean, to be fair, we've screamed for a while. Like, I know that she is this kind of, you know, I know she's like the final girl for the Scream franchise. Yeah. Um, But I do think that these franchises can live without them as long as they create interesting characters around. Where a lot of of other franchises fumble with this, is the fact that they basically just tried to make a sequel. They tried to make it bl- bigger and bloody and gorier without going down to the basics of actually making us enjoy the characters. Very few horror franchises have ever succeeded in bringing in a different final girl or final you know, group of people because they never yeah. take the time to actually rebuild them. Scream 5 perfectly gave them the kind of passion of the torch. Sydney back in Woodsboro one last time. Let's finish this. But yeah. there's no reason for her to keep running back into it. And even if we say Gail and whatever, I'm not even totally convinced that even Gail is a good enough reason for Sydney. Dewey, she was much closer to Dewey. She had a yeah. much bigger relationship. I completely understand why Dewey she would make her come back. And also because she said she was scared she wants to end this fucker. But yeah. last time she did that, she ended that. She's not going to keep living her life going through this again and again. If she doesn't need to be involved, especially if it's a setting she's nowhere near then why the fuck would she? And why would she put herself through that? You know, she take like they say, they take, she takes Mark of the kids away and into safety to just make sure they're away from all of it. And, you know, okay, yeah. fine. That's, that makes logical sense. Let it play out. She's not a cop. She's not a reporter like Gail is. She hasn't no. got any reason to get involved. She's, no, she's, there's she's... no point. And I am perfectly happy for it to go forward. And I really wanted, it was one of those things in, in I thought they used her well in Scream 5, but that's, that, that felt like enough. And I, I was yeah. like, I yeah. don't want Scream Six to just be Sydney again because it, it just it felt it would feel like going backwards, not forward. And we needed yeah, these definitely. core characters. What they got in this film is exactly what they needed: characters to actually flesh themselves out, become the main protagonists, and then there, like you said before, here come here is the kind of the problem of we get Gail Weathers, and, and that's my yeah, and Gail my... is a she feels shoehorned into this film if i'm honest she does um this is my my main problem is that they've done the story of gail kind of being an asshole before you know so i quite liked that you know scream scream one she is an asshole scream two she's an asshole scream three she kind of isn't really an asshole but then she is because she did the books about, you know, doing it. And you, you you have that kind of conflict of interest or betrayal where Sydney's like, I, you know, I effectively, you know, I thought you were on our side. And and then you, you went off and you wrote all of these books. And yeah. Scream 4 comes and she's, you know, she's set, she's like a settled housewife and it's her trying to get back into it. And then Scream 5, I felt, left her in like a happy place. And she yeah. says, you know... I'm not going to write any more books about this. Instead, I'm going to write a book about, you know, uh, a, the good man who tried his hardest to stop all of this. Yeah. And you're kind of like, okay, this could be a, a happy ending for Gail. If you want something in Scream 6, have show that book in passing, you know, that yeah. she writes about Dewey. But instead they were like, oh yeah, we've made her write about the Richie Kirsch killing case. You know, and implying that Sam's a psycho, and it just felt like that was a a step backwards. It was a step step backwards backwards for her character. 
her character her character had grown to the point of moving on from this kind of thing in Scream Five, and that was the most probably the most disappointing line almost of the whole film. To be honest, was to hear that yeah. she had written something where the whole point it almost it elevated slightly in Scream Five the fact that they were like. All that these guys wanted, just like Jill had before, all they wanted was this. They wanted to be a celebrity. They wanted to be yeah. big. That's why it felt a little bit clear. But the fact that she was like this time, it's like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to fucking give these chance guys a chance because they killed Dewey. They do that. They do use Whoa. that against her in this film. They do use the the lack of her progression to really torment her about Dewey Riley in the, you know in the film. Uh, yeah, in, that, in, we watched Scream Five before, so to get any because That's it's right. on that point you know we watched scream five just before double bill and at the end of scream five she says like no let you know let these assholes die anonymous yeah and then she's like oh yeah i, just, I wrote a book about it i changed my mind so somebody was going to so i did and it because it, it, it yeah. felt like yeah it, it felt purely because back. it purely because it made sense to fit her in and give her a link to basically the killers of this film and the intentions yeah. in this film and you know all of those kind of things so it's yeah, it, it's one of those things. Her first scene, that scene where she talks about it, uh, when she, when again we have the, the throwback of she gets hit and punched, you know, by the uh, yeah. by Tara. It's cool, but again, it just felt like meaningless nostalgia for the sake of it. Not that it's it wasn't yeah. like not that I didn't like Jenna Ortega's like Tara's reaction, like uh, kind of like yeah. to, to it. I liked that, but again, it it just felt like okay, yeah, we, we've we've done this, we've been here. We know she's an asshole. You don't need to make Gail your gay, your Gail. You don't need to make you guys yeah. basically a combined Sydney and she's your Gail. That we don't want that. We don't no. need it. And we even have of and, and again, just to say about the Scream Two links that we'll build on. Uh, she even says an exact line from Scream Two as, "I just want to catch this fucker." It's the exact yeah. line she says in Scream 2 when she's kind of hated for the fact that she wrote the book in Scream. You know, she did that in Scream 2 and people are kind of hating on her again and Dewey hates on her again. And it's just another one of those things where this whole plotline almost feels like a repeat of everything yeah. she did in Scream 2. And they've just basically taken that storyline and been like, well, we'll just give Gail that again. <laughs> we'll just yeah, do we'll that just do it in her. New York City this year. Yeah. And again, apart from her one set piece, which, you know, is stronger, that that set piece with Gail, I feel like we're on a Gail topic, so I feel like we'll just cover Gail. Um, Yeah, let's cover Gail. um, And then do set pieces. Yeah, her set piece with Ghostface. uh, I mean, it's nice. I'd never thought about the fact that, no, actually, she had never taken a phone call from Ghostface before. So I guess it's nice to give her that opportunity to actually get taught to do that, that classic conversation. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, no, it is interesting. Yeah, I'd never, uh, I'd never really thought about it to be honest. I felt I was trying to think, like, had she not? Has she not been in some way? I thought in Scream 2 she had, but uh, I can't really necessarily think of it. Um, yeah, so that that was nice. The, that scene was good. Um, I, you know, good. you know, it had some really cool parts. Her, you know, even if it did have like again logic, it kind of annoyed me that basically I don't know who we have no idea who the guy is that's with her. You assume it's her. It seems to be her partner. She her seems lover. to give. She seems to give zero fucks when he's basically gutted and thrown across the room. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, yeah. And I know Gail Weathers is a cold hard bitch. And one thing that I do like is at least we don't undermine Gail by making her an idiot. She's probably the smartest of all of them in this film and what she does here. Like the way yeah. she, 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 I love the way that she, well, we know for one thing from the end of the film, we know who the person who is 
Um, oh, it doesn't matter. Quinn is Quinn is the ghost face in this case. Yeah. <laughs> Just to say, yeah, and we'll come into the ghost faces later. But Quinn is the ghost face in the scene because she says towards the end that she is the one that went after Gail Weathers. Um, and uh, I do like the fact that there's this kind of very odd reaction from Ghostface where you get this kind of when she hangs up on him and he goes like yeah wait what what yeah and then that she literally awesome. yeah and then she re- straight away redials the call and turns around and shoots at the door and it's just like yes that that's badass girl that's that that's the kind of girl that i want to see this is this is this is the girl if you're going to be in it for something at least this is a cool ass scene um yeah with Ghostface. how did you think about the scene i i thought it was uh it was it was really cool um like you said i think it the way because the lead up to that scene is is the park you know and they're trying to lay a trap for Ghostface, and it was there was a really weird moment where there was an enterprise van in it and we just both looked at each other um and i don't know if that's because like we're so used to enterprise just being like a uk thing i didn't even know it was in america but it was just so obviously stuck out um, and I was thinking, we are going to get a repeat of, uh, you know, we're going to get a repeat of Randy's death with somebody else because they, this band yeah. is just like standing out so well. And oh, then yeah. I, that, that whole, weather, that, just sorry, yeah. to that whole, that whole setup, I literally straight away, as soon as they were in this big open quad, there was the van, there was a thing. I was just like, yeah. you're obviously referencing Scream 2, but again, it was like, it feels like you've literally watched Scream 2 and just taken the bits you like. <laughs> I was like, shit, yeah. what's I'm glad they didn't go for the van kill, though. <laughs> no, and I like that Randy and, uh, you know, Rand, not Randy. Mindy. Uh, Mindy and um, Chad acknowledge it, and they're like, this is just how our uncle died. You yeah. Know? Um, so I, I really like that. And then it was actually, it's it was at an apartment, and then it, it goes over to Gail. I thought that was really cool, and it was a good setup. Um, and then, like you said, when Gail gets the gun and she's on the phone to Ghostface and she's like, can I call you back? And then he's like, oh, what? And then she shoots into the cupboard. That was awesome. I, I think the the whole kind of, uh, the whole set piece was great. I think there was part of me that thought, are they actually going to kill Gail? Because yeah. there, there was one, there, the brutality of this film was definitely ramped up. But there were points where People, a lot of people were getting stabbed, but n- not always dying. So I thought, well, Gail's got to die. And then later, um, you know, um, I keep wanting to call her Meeks. Mindy got stabbed. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay, Mindy's got to die, but she didn't. And then Chad got fucking brutalized. And I was like, oh, shit, Chad's dead. And by this point in the film, Chad had become one of my favorite characters in the franchise. I think he really gets into his own in this so I was thinking, is Gail actually going to die in this scene? I, I was I was um and ahhing about it, but they gave her, it was a really good action set piece. Um, it was quite tense. It like you said, she you know, she had the gun, she had a bit a few moments where she surprised Ghostface and she almost used her experience of dealing with Ghostface against them, you know, hanging up the phone and catching them off guard. And I thought like that was really cool. And I thought, are they actually going to kill Gail Weathers? And then they, when she said, you know, call Sydney, let let him know that he didn't get me. And then she it yeah. passed out. Oh fuck, maybe this is there. It's 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 the other the other part that was a, a bit threw me off though. Like um it's it's a bit uh, I, I liked the fact one thing they do do is they play the same score that 
when Dewey died. So when it got yes. to that moment of Dewey dying, they play the same score for Gale of that kind of high, like that build up kind of thing, as if you're like, yeah. oh, this is it. And obviously you see him go down and fuck you, and you're just like, oh, is is this? And I think I think they they tried to play into the expectation that last time basically Dewey played out exactly the way people kind of maybe thought it was going to. So this way they gave Gale. Although then there's a part when we kind of for a second we think she is dead anyway because she kind of just yeah passes out but she's not really breathing and she's only got a slight pulse um one only odd thing i did find which just felt a bit off because her character was in the film is the fact that we kind of um outside of referencing later on the gate we know she's alive because she's in the hospital but apart from that there's no other scene of her in this film after this scene so it kind of just felt a bit off again it just, that's what kind of gave me that kind of shoehorn because it almost felt like she's not she wasn't an integral part of it she was no. not right at the main, but it's also kind of like in any other film, you kind of expect to see the people that are hurt kind of maybe um, either being taken away or in the hospital. You'll get that kind of extra kind of hint that they're fine. But in this one, it was just kind of, yeah, she's in the hospital, yeah. even though the last time we left her, that she had a fake pulse, which kind of means she's either going to live or she's going to die. It's just kind of, it's fine yeah. that it's left open. Uh, but it, it, that's just kind of, is that kind of like, oh, okay, so, so there you are. You've come and gone. Yeah, she has another scene, scene we haven't talked about in the shrine kind of thing, but we'll talk about the shrine a little bit later. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, you've just mentioned on something, though, that for me is a quite a hard... It, it is one thing, uh, definitely. I've got a few kind of key areas that I've written problems that I really found with this film, but I think okay. my biggest major logic is exactly what you were talking about. Um, and it's the amount of damage that characters take in this film and just seem to just seem to get on with it. And it, it was, it was in screen five as well. We had it in screen five, uh, but in yeah. this film we have Annika, Mindy, Gail, Chad and Tara um, all take a certain level. And in screen five, Gail, Sydney, Chad, Tara all took like major amounts of damage, but were still able to do things, you know, like Sydney and Gail, both uh, Sydney, Gail and Sam all take a knife or a bullet to the, to the same, basically the same area of the gut, like kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yet they keep pushing through and yet they kind of seem like they're okay to keep going. Tara has been absolutely brutalized, but somehow by <laughs> the end of the film, she's, she seems to, I know she, she is, She's still showing, like, General Ortega didn't seem to fully go into the fact she's still trying to show she's in pain and stuff like that. But for someone who'd let, literally in a couple of days literally been so fucking brutalised, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty unlikely that she's moving in that kind of way. And Chad, like, fucking blood vessels, like, literally gutted in his side, like, sit, like fucking five or six times knifed in his side. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? I don't the, he I don't was in the hospital. Switch. He doesn't yeah. get back up, luckily, if he, like, he had. But... Um, this is just my my problem is I mean like Mindy and Annika are like they're both basically gutted like Annika in the in the Amazing Ladder kind of scene which is really cool. oh that was awesome um but but she's basically like she gets like literally the knife goes in get goes this is uh, Mindy's girlfriend um, the knife goes in and basically guts her up and it's literally like okay. Um, but then she keeps going and uh, like she, I keep on, I kept on expecting her to basically just die because basically yeah. at this point she's holding her guts in basically. Um, they get to the other room. Mindy has also had a knife to the arm, which is hit an artery because the amount of blood that's literally spluttering out of her arm that yeah. she's holding on to. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, um, and then in, in just, yeah. And then it, the thing is that they, they both end up being the ones almost to stay behind, to hold the door open and, you know, to hold yeah. the wardrobe. 
And it was just like you, your that logic for one. Well, that was a different kind of logic, and we'll talk to that scene about it in a, a bit more in a minute. But that was one logic problem that they were the ones staying behind. But my other one was that Atticus should literally have been like completely dead by that dead, point. Yeah. Um, well, I've had a cool death. I will. You know, I'm glad she did have a cool death. Did, it does lead to a cool. It just it's just the logic leading up to that felt very off. It was like you're the least person who should be in this situation. But also, I was I liked her death, and I will, look, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I liked yeah. her death, but I also partially was just kind of, I, I kind of would have been okay with it if Mindy had just turned around and she basically just died on the bed in a kind of more real kind of like, oh shit, she's got like emotional scene, then Mindy's got to make her way out, pass away from Ghostface because she's hung around yeah. too long. Um, but yeah, this 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 logic flaw plays out continually through this film and Mindy, Mindy on the subway gets fucking, she gets basically exactly the same as Annika. She gets fucking yeah. gutted, and yet she shows up at the end of the film, running up to them, literally jumping around, running up to them, going, I got it wrong again. And it's like, what yeah. the fuck, bitch? You just got fucking <laughs> gutted, like, a couple of hours ago. There's no fucking way that you're running up to them at the end of this film. Um, yeah. Chad, I Chad. Can, Chad is, yeah, Chad's like the Dewey, so I could almost accept Chad's. <laughs> well, that's it. I was thinking maybe they're doing, like, a a Dewey thing because like we looked at each other when he was getting brutalized. Like, yeah, that was, was a fucking that was a rough. Scene. It was we looked it, at each other like okay, that was another scream too for me as well. It reminds me of um, the, the, the Sydney's photo, boyfriend the... hanging from the like the way okay. he was because he was hung up kind of like a he was held up by his arms kind of like God like almost like kind yeah. of God like and it seemed like he because he'd been stabbed and shot and things like that and obviously Chad wasn't shot but it just there was something about the whole layout of it that just reminded me of uh, I can't remember what his name was in uh, uh, in Scream 2 but yeah the, the, the uh, Sydney's boyfriend and that it just it reminded me exactly of that scene like the main character getting that her boyfriend killed in front yeah. of her just before she goes into the final act kind of thing you see what I mean yeah definitely it, yeah it's it just was it, to me it, it that it really started to push the uh, the boundary. So I know that the uh, I know that this is a, a horror film and that we suspend logic and stuff like that. But my main point was just like even with Chad and the Dewey relation, it, it's the case of yeah, Dewey got fucked up in many places. He get stabbed around, but normally you could notice it was in certain places. But I feel like this sense is just pushed so much. I'm kind of a bit like yeah. F- yeah, fuck, fuck saying that we just uh, that we just to suspend logic because I just feel like it takes away from the film. I know we want people to get brutalized and beaten up, but like even <laughs> Dewey's, you could notice like Chad gets stabbed like literally around the fucking chest area, like literally. Yeah, you're talking about ripping arteries around his heart. I mean, do do be fucked from the way yeah, they stab fucked. him. Do be fucked. Like it's definitely way more than like they're stabbing him in his side and they stab him around his chest area. There, there's almost no way that he survives that i just think they need to think a little bit take a little bit more time just to think yeah we want them to get brutalized cut i don't mind cuts i don't mind stabs around certain areas and things like that yeah sliced and caught but i don't think we need them to like just 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 because they want it to be action-packed and bloody and gory and everyone takes damage i don't think we need to take it to that level at all times because it just it just kept taking me out of the film at times that was that was one of my major like areas yeah i think it, it was just it take like you said, it takes away from it if people can be stabbed multiple, multiple times and then just kind of live. You then yeah. see other people's deaths and you're kind of like, um, would that kill them? 
is that you know is that a valid death all of that sort of stuff um yeah i mean the, for the ones the that get a little bit less the, yeah the, the gore is bit, like annika you know annika got uh stabbed in the in the gut and then you know dragged up yeah. and you're kind of like uh, that would probably you know that would kill her but then that i mean that scene is great and her death's great but it's like if you if you're falling from like a second or third story window yeah it's probably it's probably going to kill you but i imagine so would being stabbed like <laughs> yeah. at least 20 times you know he got he got stabbed a lot he did they were just brutalizing and that's what that's why i was like and i think that's why it made you feel like i know like if i think back to say scream 2 is probably the one i can think of where brute dewey gets probably the most brutalized you know, he yeah. gets properly like held up against the glass. He's getting it in his size. He's getting it there. But I can't say any of those knives ever looked like they fully went like in a certain place. I'd be like, that's that's KO, man. But Chad's looks KO as much. Yeah, no, he I doesn't. Think I think he gets stabbed. like I think he gets like three or four stabs in certain air, and then he's dropped down, and then because he's straight after do it. Uh, Gale, sorry, after that scene in yeah. that screen in screen two. That's just why I was just like I was like, come on, guys, like. I, I was legitimately like, oh shit, Chad. Like, because Chad Mason Gooden is a fucking like he, he's one of he's by he's one of the strongest and definitely the strongest male cast member in this film anyway. Yeah, um, and the strongest male cast member for a, a long time, I think. Yeah, yeah. Probably he, since Dilly. Yeah, I think so. He, so I absolutely love I, I love this character, and that's why that scene probably hit the hardest, probably out of all of them. Um, yeah. you know, even when I thought Mindy was dead, she didn't hit quite as hard as like that one. It felt it felt sad because I was like, ah, oh, but I was pretty much in my head going, Well, you, you know, this is the sequel. You are you are you're the one out of everyone that is basically the Randy. So I was yeah. kind of expecting Mindy and Randy. <laughs> I was like, I was kind of expecting you to get brutalized in a kind of public place like Randy did, you know. So yeah, yeah. So I, uh, with hers, I was actually slightly more disappointed that it didn't lead to more than it should have um, in that subway scene. But let's go to that. Um, Chad was fucking brutal, but we'll come to that towards the end. But let's go to the let's go let's jump back because we've jumped. I've taken yeah. us off course. Uh, let's let's, let's let's go to. I think the first major one is the um, the the shop store when they all go yeah. inside of it. The one that was used in the trailers quite a lot. Yeah, and it was cool. I think. Going into it, you know, you think about New York, which is, you know, which is a, a massive city. Um, I've just been watching you and I know it's switched yeah. over to London, but I think the first season in New York was incredible. Every other season, I don't think has been that good. But the, the I mean, the idea that so you, you know, you could be stalked or you could you could lose somebody in a crowd. There are that many people. It's that big a city. Yeah. The idea that Ghostface is now in there, he could kill he could kill somebody and then disappear into the crowd so quickly. And I think that's a real element of danger in this film. And I think that's why for me, I think the setting is so cool and it works so well. When when it went there, I was thinking, is this is this Jason Takes Manhattan? You know. Uh, but actually I think it worked really well. Yeah. And that shop in, you know, in, in what we would call a corner shop, what Americans, I imagine, would call a bodega, was really well done. Just this idea that, you know, um, he, Tara and Sam think that they're safe running into a corner shop because there's going to be people there. And then Ghostface just walks in and just fucking stabs one dude who squares up to him. 
a couple yeah. of people run one away. one dude in the face one dude in the neck and just fucking yeah. he just walks through just like fuck it and th- this is one that obviously caused a lot of drama controversy online because it showed a shot of ghostface using a shotgun to a kill shot, someone yeah. and people were like fucking going crazy like they've jumped the shark with it they can't have him doing that i mean for me personally even from the beginning before i knew how that played out you know yeah in my head i was actually going well why the fuck can't ghostface use it he's just a normal person who will grab any tool he can to kill someone just because and they had used a gun before yes not normally in ghostface costume uh normally they do in the reveal yeah but that's that's what i mean like why does it make any fucking difference and um i i do think that now people have realized that they're they're their controversy was overblown because it is literally only for one scene anyway. And yeah. it's an it's an awesome death. And it's an awesome thing. Awesome. But it also, again, and this is this is one thing I'm really happy about. And I do need to jump to to killer because we know exactly which killer this has to be. Because there's only one yeah. that makes sense. But I'm glad it makes fucking sense. This is one thing yeah. that is positive about this film and the Ghostface Killers because you, you kind of go through and you look back and go, who could have been the killer at certain points and things like this? There's only one character could have been. And this is this was kind of one of the things that gave me a kind of in my head going, I feel like you have to be one of the killers because there's yeah. only one character in this film, I believe, who could disarm someone who has the track record. And it had to be the de- detective, uh, the Bainey. Yeah. yeah, Wayne. Um, it had to be him because it's literally like, you could almost tell it was almost someone who, ha- he had to have some skill to be able to fucking disarm someone. If it had been revealed, yeah. it was like, uh, even even if it had been revealed, so I've already said Quinn, Wayne, and then Ethan, the other the other yeah. son if it had even been if it had even been implied that it was Ethan I would be like nah fuck off there's no way yeah, you're getting off that guy you ain't doing it but because I know it's him it was like yeah you're the only person I could think of even if they're trying to imply Kirby or something like that I was like nah I don't believe it, anyone yeah. else would do that unless it's Chad maybe I could believe Chad could pull it off maybe but apart from that <laughs> you, you could do you know, yeah but yeah. uh because I heart chat, but <laughs> I, I think go whilst we're on the gun, uh, whilst we're on the having the hot gun debate, yeah, I think it's worth noticing for me two things. Like you said, um, guns have been used by the killers before, so I know Roman had a you know Roman had a gun. I know I think Jill had a gun. I think that even even Amber had a gun when she shot Liv in Scream Five. So they've had one in every using, final act. Every yeah, final act them gun. using guns isn't <laughs> uh, yeah isn't against it. And it is the that Scream has always been, uh, like I've, I said in our in the spoiler free one, Scream has always been a bit more grounded. They mention it that there isn't Michael Myers or Jason Voorhees where it's some kind of mythical figure. It's just a person in a costume. Why yeah. wouldn't they use a gun? And then it's such a, you know, it's such a cliche and it's such one of these rules that, oh, no, slashers don't use guns. But, you know, remember the line that he said, fuck the movies. This yeah, isn't yeah. the movies. This and isn't, also, you I know, can only use that. Also, you know, this is America. <laughs> yeah, this is America. <laughs> um, the, yeah. But 
and also, let's be honest, like, we needed, this is what the franchise needed as well. It needed some set pieces that change it up a little bit. And what yeah. makes this scary is suddenly that you're like, fuck, he's got a shotgun. He's blasting his way through the shop. You know, it feels yeah. much easier for him to take someone out when he's just like, I don't need to catch you because I can fucking blast you across this room. Yeah. <laughs> and it, so I just started blasting like Frank yeah. Reynolds says. You and know? it. It's, it's suspenseful. It even reminded me at one point, there's a part when they're hiding behind like at the end of one of the shelves and yeah. ghost faces on either side. And in my head, it just popped up like, like clever girl. <laughs> like yeah. Jurassic Park. Jurassic it literally Park. reminded me of Jurassic or when the yeah, kids yeah. are in the, uh, you know, inside their address, inside yeah. the uh, kitchen in Jurassic Park. I was like, it, this has reminded me properly of like that ghost face but that was a good thing because in my head i was like ghost face feels like a predator that is fucking hunting them and ghost face was very good in this film you know it was aggressive and it was it was bloody and he was violent which i i enjoyed um yeah i i i do hope one day we don't get a ghost face which is so much of a bumbling idiot it seems like as soon as anybody puts that costume on that somebody will throw something at them and they'll just start falling all over the place like it slaps it humor you know? yeah that was, do, was in that yeah. scene there was only one part that kind of annoyed me is the fact that Ghostface suddenly when the scene first starts Ghostface jumps out behind tara and in, in yeah. kind of a more bumbling way because he jumps out and quits straight away it's like they almost more just like push him over <laughs> and it's like yeah. That that one part doesn't match the way he is in basically the whole rest of that set piece. Because the rest of that set piece ain't no one taking this fucker down. Like he's he's like a beast. He's yeah. like a Terminator almost. <laughs> yeah. So it's really interesting. Um, so um, hopefully one day we get one that isn't quite so. You know, you throw like you throw a CD at him and he like falls over. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, but the, I think it was a, it was a good set piece to kick off you know, the, the first, first off the set and pieces, basically. I'm pretty sure that, I'm pretty sure the right, uh, the writers themselves said, like James Vanderbilt and uh, Guy Besick, I think it is, uh, they said the one thing that interested them straight away was the fact that we always seem to have with slashes this idea that people are just safe if they go into public places and things like that. And that's, yeah. that's the one thing in this film they really wanted to push, subway stores, that basically... Who gives a shit? Because people get shot and stabbed almost in public in New York all the fucking time. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So, so it, yeah. it's like that. And I also, again, like with the cop being it, I kind of like the fact that he probably knows that no one's going to do fuck all. Like people yeah. are probably going to run out of that shop and it'll be fucking ages before the cops actually get to him or any of that. You know what I mean? So he knows well, yeah. he's got time. Um, the next set piece I want to talk about is the one we've already I'd already touched on with the you know Annika's death, and that is the yeah. uh, the ladder scene because I think that's the most important. We do have the um, the the very short and quick death of her uh, of Sam's therapist, where which I said was it looked like it was filmed on a studio, you know. Yeah, yeah. It Earlier like... times when Sam is at her at her therapy session, we see lights and we see cars driving past his window. Yeah. And then during, you know, during the day, I know he's got frosted windows and this isn't, you know, this isn't a slight at any door salesman out there, but your frosted windows don't block everything out, you know? No, no. Like, it's purely it for a cool shot, isn't it? 
It's purely yeah, for a purely cool shadow sure. shot of Ghostface. You can't quite see who it is until he f- reveals himself. And then, and that's the odd thing. Like you can see him like a shadow, but the second he steps right up to it, you can clearly, almost clearly see the ghost face mask. And it's like, yeah, well, that's not the way that windows work. You could clearly no. see the ghost face mask. <laughs> if you could see it that clearly when he steps right up to it, you could have seen it a second ago. Uh, before, yeah. But you know, it's kind of cool for a quick death, you know, kind of he smashes through again. It shows the anger of Ghostface. He smashes his arm through pulls him up and just straight in the nose basically blade yeah. through it's kind of cool for a quick one one thing i also did like about this scene actually is um it shows the ghost faces hunt for the evidence against sam so it shows yeah. you some of the motive that and you don't normally get to see that very often where they're actually grabbing or building anything like that almost building a case kind of thing yeah. so it's nice to see that we got a little bit of insight into the motivation it was like well they really seem to want sam for some reason like we got yeah. little teasers of that, and um, so to the all of the flat plates, we get the awesome scene of uh, Core Four, and you know yeah. with all of them hanging out at the hanging out at their apartment, and they've all stayed together for safety. Which again, this film pushes the fact that it's like, yeah, if you even for a new group, you're not fucking safe. You're like, it doesn't matter. You can hang into a crowd of hundreds if you want. To be all be like, we're protecting yeah. ourselves. And Ghostface will just work his way through the crowd like a shark. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, awesome. um, it's, it's really, it is a really cool scene. And this is also a great, again, character-driven. It gives us some lovely, like, parts with um, where we get the relationship between Tara and Chad building up, uh, you know, which is, you know, it, it works quite nicely, actually. It's quite nice to have, it, yeah. it, it works. And, and even, you know, that whole, at first they're like, what a dick for saying core four. And then by the time they sit at the table, they're like, yeah, we kind of actually like it. <laughs> yeah, the core four. And yeah. it makes and I like it. I, yeah. I like that, you, like you said, I didn't expect this film to be so character driven. And I didn't expect by the end of the film, you know, we have an establishing of the core four. Like, you know, like we had, you know, Sydney, Gale, and Dewey. We, I kind of feel like the, the franchise is in safe hands with these characters. Um, and yeah, yeah, carry on, man. I, d- I just had to cut in with that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> That's exactly what you should be doing. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, but And we also have one character, I guess, we haven't talked about, who we both implied... We, uh, I think we implied in our spoiler-free one that we quite like was Josh Cigara's... Um, I can't remember what the... I can't remember the character's called now. Um, basically, it's Sam's boyfriend. Is it basically. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I can't quite remember. But he's not in very much, but I do think he makes quite a nice presence. I like, they give him the reaffirming boyfriend of like, he literally tells her, don't fucking trust. Don't trust me. Don't trust anyone then. If you can't trust yeah. someone. I almost feel like he's played up, like, it's almost like they know like, yeah, we're not going to go down the the mysterious boyfriend route again. You know that's not going to happen. So let's just make him kind of a positive character in this film, not... The negative, yeah. like he's the one when this scene starts going off, he's the one, obviously, you know, we get him topless. I guess Probably that's for all the, them ladies that want to see him, you know, want to see their pet. There, yeah. But he sees Quinn in the bedroom and Ghostface has stood over Quinn, um, which obviously plays differently now that you, everyone, you know, I hope anyone listening again is not seeing this film, but it plays differently now, you know, she is actually, um, you know, a in killer. It, yeah. You know, so, and it was one scene that stuck out for me because I was like, most of the, so far, they've gone full on on showing us the deaths and hers is the only one. It's like, she just off gets camera. thrown out of the room yeah. and off camera. But you do see a slip throat, so they have played into it. Um, yeah. You also see the boyfriend dead in the bathtub, which again plays differently because it's like, 
one way I'm thinking it's daddy and daddy's like, well, to play in the part, this guy's been banging my daughter. So now I, I, I'm, I'm fully happy. I'm fully up. happy to get this fucker up. But at the same time, you also in your head go, it could have just been, that guy could have been dead in her bathroom for ages because she could have fucking cut him up at any time. <laughs> yeah, she could have, you know. Um, and that, that scene is great because I think it also sows a little bit of distrust with Chad and Tara because when Ghostface breaks in, which yet again, I'm still, I still said to you, Ghostface, you know, came out of uh, Quinn's room, and you had uh, you had Sam, Tara, Annika, Mindy, and Chad. You had five people. Yeah. And I think if there were five of us, I think we could take Ghostface. <laughs> you know, he is yeah. only a person. He's got a knife, but we've you know we've got the we've got the numbers. I mean, he's he pretty distracted while he takes a, he takes a good minute or so to gut Annika. It feels like several yeah. people could have surrounded him at that point. Sleep a hold him, but you know, Chad and Tara do leg out of the room, don't they? Exactly, and then her, <laughs> she's you know the keys are in there, so there's a little bit of sowing that mistrust of actually. Did Chad take her out on purpose? You know, because yeah. they, they wouldn't be able to get back in. And I feel that was that was well done. And then, like you said, when they 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 go into um, the room and they kind Mindy's of been stabbed in the in. arm and bleeding. Mindy's quite a been lot. stabbed in the arm. Annika's there. Mindy holds the wardrobe against the door to try and stop Ghostface and getting in. Yeah. Um, and again, I you know I mentioned on it in a second, but logic wise, there was a part of me that just thought, for fuck's sake, Sam, why are you the one not holding that wardrobe? Because she's got a fucking bleeding arm. Like she, yeah. she can't apply the pressure that pressure that needs to be done, or at least Sam. No. Like Sam's obviously at the window trying to get the the ladder across, so she has a purpose. But it just yeah. it just kind of it, it fell apart a little bit for me when it was like Sam was so easy to go. Oh, you guys aren't coming yet. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll go then. Like it's like Sam. I feel like logically Sam would be the one to be going, and even character-wise, I felt like Sam would be the one, as these are all younger than her as well. People that yeah. she, one of them, Mindy, she babysat when she was a kid, referenced in the like Scream Five. So I feel like she would be much more like, no, I'm holding this. You get the fuck across that ladder. Like I don't. Yeah. I feel like that's only what it was a little character logic flaw where I get it's a scary moment, not thinking clearly, whatever you know. But I just felt like it, it went in the completely wrong order. I know Annika didn't want to go straight away. She did say she didn't. She was scared to go across, and you know, all yeah. That. So it leads to it leads to a very cool death where obviously we get Sam across there. She makes it over. Mindy then goes, and again, I also feel like Mindy just wouldn't have left Annika, even though she said like because she, she knows she's not. Anyone knows you're not making it across. I feel like Mindy yeah. would know, like, if I go, your guts are basically hanging out. I, yeah. You're not going to make it across that ladder. Like, Well, maybe that's it. Maybe <laughs> that's why. Maybe that's why Mindy yeah, went first. Fight or flight, like, kind of. The fight, the, the fight, fight for like, survival kind of kicked in, and she's like, yeah. Uh, part of her was like, I love you. And part of her was like, you're kind of well, fucked. Well, part of you think, <laughs> like, if one of us can get out of it, maybe it should be the one who's got who's not as injured because not that, if die. Annika gets yeah if Annika gets through to the other side she also does have her guts hanging out you know so is yeah. she actually gonna survive anyway um so I get you know I uh I kind of get it but it was a really cool scene and I yeah good suspense. I don't know what yeah it was a good suspenseful scene I knew that you know you know Annika's not gonna make it out of there yeah um and I think just before that we'd had the franchise scene, I think, where they're talking yes, about... Yes, where they, they said that they had... Yeah, they had all of them. Ethan, Annika, yeah. uh, Quinn, 
and they're like basically pointing to each of them because they're like, well, the core four, we can't be the killers. But then they're like, well, why not? You could have fucked you up in your head. And I even said to you before, like I was like a little bit like, are they going to go the route of Sam has gone full on, full mental breakdown, yeah. basically? Yeah, Sam's gone ragged and is just doing it, which it does kind of potentially hint towards at the end. Yeah. Um, but and throughout I, the film, oh, a little bit. Yeah, throughout the film, it does kind of hint at it. Um, but the franchise scene for me was good. I think that was about as meta as the film properly got. I liked that Mindy wasn't just meta. I said this in our spoiler-free one, but my problem with Scream 5 was it was, it, for me, it was far too meta. And it felt like Mindy was only there to just be the new Randy as opposed to her own character. It yeah. was every line from her was like meta. Like every line is like, well, this isn't, this is why you could be the killer. This isn't what you should do in horror yeah. movies. This is what you should do. And it's more, you know, there's more to her in this film. She still has a, a moment of that, like when she gave the, the franchise talk and she was saying, well, you know, uh, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, they get killed off. So anybody's fair game and how it works. To push the IP forward to make push sure the, the franchise lives on and gives it a new life. And that, yeah. that's what they're all trying to do. All of these old franchise ones are trying to give a new characters that they can live on without the old characters again too old. Yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. And it was it kind of, I felt that then the, the, the times that she was meta was played more for, for jokes, you know, when she was like... Yeah, she has oh, a nice I'm running joke, doesn't she? Yeah, she has a nice but running joke. Basically that she was mainly pretty much wrong most of the time in the last one, and therefore every time she hits predicting stuff, she gets it wrong. So she's almost the anti-Randy, because Randy pretty much got everything correct, whereas she yeah. pretty much consistently says stuff that's like, fuck, I've got it... Like she said, oh, I got it wrong. And like, after she gets stabbed, she's like, I got it wrong. Like, fuck this franchise, I got it wrong again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I felt like that was about as meta as it got. But going back to set pieces, because I know that is a bit of a, like bit a, of a tangent. And have to get shaken off just to move past that. But Anna could get shaken yeah. off the ladder. Boom! Face onto the um, onto, onto like a bin, bin. and we get a, we get a gruesome shot. Of basically, a half, half her face is like ripped off from where she's hit the bin. Yeah, which is rip. So it's, it's a br- it's a brutal one. Um, there is a scene that follows that, which was the scene that really made me fit, almost solidified in my head that I think that the cop is the killer, and that's yeah, when he, one he came out with sad about Quinn, and at first he seems legitimately sad, but he seems to get past it fairly too quickly in my head, which. It happens in a lot of films. They have to move the plot forward. Yeah. They can't have someone crying about it all day long. Wow, wow, my daughter's dead. You know that, <laughs> which sounds terrible, but we know that's not actually the case. Um, but he says about his one other child, and Quinn earlier had actually said about her brother being had died and things like that. Which, looking back at it, was such a two obvious things yeah. that I didn't catch Quinn's the first time around. Um, but yeah, it just it just seems to move past it too quickly in my head. Um, and yeah. it just seems a bit too obvious. And he's too, he's constantly asking about Kirby and almost, you can almost tell that he's trying to like point towards Kirby. Um, yeah, which, and Kirby for me, I she just felt like it was a useless character. Like it, when she she comes back as like an FBI officer and I was like, mm, okay. But then I don't know. I just felt like she she was the character that I felt was the most shoehorned into it. 
Um, yeah. And it was, they literally brought her back just so she could have that scene with Mindy, which I really cringed at. And then they could I feel, be like, I think, she got I think her main purpose was a red herring. She was brought in yeah, as a red herring. It. Because there is, this is the thing. So we've talked about, you know, the, the, the fam, the, you know, the family of killers, um, that yeah. they're all related, uh, you know, and, you know, there's a twist that comes later with that. But there is one point that made me question everything I thought, because I was suspect, I, I was a little bit suspect about the Quinn thing already. I was already suspect about the cop. Uh, Mindy, the only thing she gets right is she never gives up on the fact that she is questioning Ethan all of the time. Like, you're just weird. Yeah. You're out of place. Who the fuck are you? Like, um, but uh, the one thing that always stood out for me um I've lost my train of thought suddenly there. <laughs> That's okay. It happens to the best of us, man. It happens to me all the time. And then you just try and get through by just saying things. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I was just there. Like, I was just like throwing like, in my head. Um, it's annoying. I had a very... Oh, Kirby as the red herring. There is a yeah. point towards the fi- in the final act when I was legitimately... It seemed... It almost seemed like they'd been listening to fans and they went, right, we're legitimately going to tease the fact that Kirby is change she's the one that's gone psychotic she's the one and that's it's the only one element that i did kind of like the fact that it properly made me question in the final act we're either going one more obvious way more scream two way or they are going balls to the wall with this and we're about to have jill we're about to have jill and Stu macca actually and i feel like they played into it wasn't it well, it play- I felt like it really played into it with Kirby. Now, I didn't think Stu Macker was coming back, by the way. I didn't think Jill or... I didn't think they'd go that mad with it. I, I didn't think no, they'd go I that stupid. Um, I'm glad Stu didn't come back, because a lot of people no. were hinting at that. But the whole shrine, the whole old ghost face, it all felt like one big tease of them going, we know there are millions of theories out there. You'll all keep going on about Stu Macker being the killer, or that an yeah. old ghost face is going to come back in this film. So Kirby is the way that they tease that and relentlessly in the final lap by us thinking, because there is a point when it basically makes all of the characters believe it's Kirby, um, yeah. you know, and even that and being like that, that she's brought, like she's brought other killers along with her and that she's twisted and she's messed up. And, and, and that is the only way I think that she actually becomes a, key, a keenly like useful part of the film is the fact that she is almost the major red herring in this film. She's played yeah. that and that that's her role in this one. And, you know, probably she'll probably end up coming back again but they need to find her something else to be a part of if that's the case yeah because otherwise you know otherwise it seems a bit like it it feels a little bit like she'll be the legacy character they'll refer to in the future not maybe so much some of the others um is the way it's left at the end but yeah that's kind of it for like for like kirby before we get to that final act of really delve into any of those final like reveals and the, the little twist that comes with you know the the, the family it. of killers um the subway scene um that was awesome man. you know as I a setup it. it's amazing you know we've got so many easter eggs for Hall- for halloween costumes yeah. you know You've got Babadook in most of the scene just hanging in the background. You've got the two subways. So that was the nice thing. And this has yeah, been teased in the one. teaser trailer. Um, but you thought they were all on the same train. So you thought it was going down. But when you realise it's two separate ones, you do quickly start to think, oh, Mindy, you're, you're fucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Ethan, And it was fucked. awesome. It was awesome that earlier in the scene, earlier in the film, they'd set it up by saying that after the... Uh, after Jason and Greg had been killed and found with that, you know, the stab shrine, the costume had become really big and people were buying it again. 
And then yeah. on Halloween night, when they're you know when they're going to set the trap for Ghostface, they everybody is wearing a Ghostface costume, and I thought that was really cool. And yet again, it plays into that idea of you could be in public and it's hiding in it's hiding in the crowd. It's almost like do you remember early Assassin's Creed, <laughs> where, where you could just blend into the crowd, kill somebody, and then sneak off. It felt almost like that. Yeah, um, there there is a there is only one little thing that I have like it's su- it's such a cool scene, and yet there is one part of me that within the wider story of it, this scene actually makes uh, the way it plays out makes almost no sense when we get to the end of the scene. So this is me branching across to that final reveal and all that kind of thing. Um, it makes no sense of the story uh, that Mindy either survives or why she survives or the reaction we get from Ethan in that scene because yeah. he, he reacts like, Oh my God. Oh my God. She's been stabbed. And all that when we're literally about to reveal that he is a killer um, and it was only them. So there's no one else really to recognize it, but that's not the main reason why they go to, you know, we have the whole, you know, into the shrine and we have, you know, the killers start to reveal and just to stay yeah. with the kind of thing. Um, it's mentioned by one of the killers later on that Quinn is the one who stabbed Mindy um, and yeah. this was in order to throw Mindy, she says, in order to throw Mindy off the scent of it being Ethan. Yeah. Well, in that case, why the fuck? Like, th- the problem is that none of the core cast have any clue that Mindy's been stabbed once they go into the trap at the end. They don't know she's been stabbed. They can't get through to her. No. So yeah. therefore, that whole point makes no point. The killer's... That, that makes that scene almost pointless that they did that whole setup because n- it didn't affect the plot in any way. It's the it's the Indiana Jones in Raider of the Lost Ark, the fact that you take him out of it, it made no difference to the film. Yeah. Um, Mindy getting that, either, and it, that's why it doesn't make any sense. It's either Ethan and Quinn, or Quinn might as well have just killed her because that would have completely run off. But by keeping her alive and then helping her and saving her, and therefore by making Mindy think Ethan isn't, the you know the killer i i know it could be in terms of like a you know trying to get away from that or 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 having the whole alibi afterwards that they can say well no ethan was there that 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 could be it but it it also it just doesn't like you wouldn't have anyone about to do that but that only gives you know it, it, it still felt a little bit just like yeah but she could have just been you, she could have just been killed off and you wouldn't have that problem of Mindy keep saying that she suspects Ethan. You know, well, you could I have think, murdered yeah. her. <laughs> That's why I think it was that he, they did it, hoping that she would die from being stabbed. Because he stabs her a couple of times and then and twists the knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was thinking, well, that will keep Mindy out of the the final fight. So if Mindy dies, Mindy dies. But if Mindy stays alive then she could say, Ethan helped me. Because the whole idea of the family is to frame Sam. You know, they've been starting the rumours online that she was behind the killers and the kills of Woodsboro and it wasn't Richie yeah. or Amber. So maybe the idea is that they frame Sam. So if she survives, they can say, well, actually, Ethan helped her on the train, tried to save her life, you know, as opposed to, yeah, yeah. She it, got stabbed. She was right, and Ethan just left her. You know, it kind of That's works my kind of theory. Where it's just some of the stuff the characters say just don't quite match up with it. What Quinn is saying doesn't totally, and also the fact that then it kind of plays into the idea of is we even have the is Mindy the killer? Because even the other characters, because they don't know, so they assume Mindy is kind of yeah. thing, and obviously you know it's not, which is kind of like 
you know, again, it's not fooling anyone because we know what's happened, but obviously the characters don't. There was just that it was just that little part of it. I just felt that I just felt the logic is a little bit off there, but I felt like there's been a bit of a logic. Each of these set pieces, although really good, I felt like there's just I w- I kind a of wish the writers like this has obviously been such a quick turnaround to get this in for a, like you know a year later, basically just over yeah. a year later. That you know, I feel like this film was so close to being that like perfect, you know, uh, if if just a couple of little things that they just thought logic wise or they reduced down a little bit, and 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 it would have removed any of these little flaws that anyone can pick out, and it, it probably could have been like literally the perfect sequel to Scream, you know, yeah. in many ways. Um, no time wise, we're going to uh, <laughs> go on to the family of killers. So yeah. We so well, yeah, at three, I guess. Tell me. The, yeah. the final reveal. <laughs> so, the, this is where I went for a wee. <laughs> now, I'm, I've got my kidney problem and I'm notoriously <laughs> bad for going for a wee during a film. So, I went for a wee, I believe, shortly after the Mindy got stabbed, Ethan called the you know, got medical assistance for her. And then I feel like when they got to the the old theater where the where the Ghostface Shrine is, which I loved, I I yeah. found it was I thought it was really cool. And this was the first clue, well actually the second oh, yeah, clue to did, me yeah. about who it was because the they have this uh you know they have this room of all of the evidence from the Ghostface murders. They have all of the costumes and the masts. Well. The masks have been left at the scene of the crime, kind of going backwards towards Billy and Stu. They have the TV that killed Stu. They have the knife that stabbed Kirby. They have they have all of the evidence from all of the films, which was really cool. Yeah, really but cool. Scene. They said that I mean, the only way that this could get out of police ev- evidence is you know if somebody sold it. Yeah. Um, and that for me was like, yeah, that was, <laughs> was like, well, there's a cop here. So it's probably going to be him. And there was an earlier point after uh, Quinn's supposed death where he said, like, you know, people don't mess with my family or something like that. And I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you. this is implying that this has happened yeah. before. I, um, I, I mean, the nice thing is they do... So you were you not there for the actual reve- reveal of the... I thought you were when they no, actually I was took there the masks for that, off. But I wasn't you there. weren't there for the setup of them locking themselves in and... Ah, so well, you were yeah for the Kirby, but when Kirby basically they start really questioning Kirby, is that the bit? Well, what happened to bit. me was I got a call. Um, I got a call. I got the call from Brad from Bradley or whatever his name is to um, somebody, Tara maybe or Sam, saying Kirby's kicked out of the FBI two months ago. Um, because she that was that was the cop saying that Wayne, yeah, the cop. she un Wayne, yeah, she unraveled because <laughs> of the you know, because of the ghost face, which we know is probably a lie was... now, <laughs> yeah. After that, I went for uh, I went for a wee, yeah, and then yeah. when I came back, um, somebody I think it might have been Sam was like, it's Kirby, and then discovered they were locked in, so yeah. I didn't see, there was a, a little bit where I didn't see. And then when I came, when the next time I saw Kirby, she'd been stabbed. Yeah, uh, she'd been, she was shot by the cop. 
Yeah, but she looked like she was bloody and stuff. So oh, she, like she oh, she had been. Uh, no, she had been stabbed by Ghostface one, uh, one, uh, once or twice. I know she. I know she. Ethan stabbed her in the st- exactly where she was stabbed by Charlie. That's what she. That's, that's where she got stabbed. Because then Sam oh. comes over and takes the knife back out and say, "Sorry, I need this," and takes the knife out of her, out of her yeah. stomach. It's a pretty cool scene. What am uh, I thinking of? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, <laughs> the um, I'm just thinking about the. The reveal, to be fair, like you said about the cop, there is like a really there. I do love the line that he says basically when they turn around. Like basically, you have you have the the two ghost face next to him, and he walks in and he's just shot Kirby, and then and then they go basically Sam and Tara are like it's you, and he's like, of course it's me, like yeah, <laughs> like like it's obvious it's me, like it was obvious it was me. It's like I I liked that kind of um, that he's you know. I can't say in all scenes that I thought uh, Dermot Mul- Mulroney, who plays the act, who is the actor who plays um, Wayne. Um, I can't say in all scenes that he totally sold it. Occasionally, he didn't seem quite as like he was trying for terrifying, but didn't pull, pull it off. But I did like that there was a kind of unhinged Nancy Loomis about him. Yeah, you know there wasn't that kind of odd, you know, um, and you know we get the reveal of Ethan and we get the reveal of. Quinn, it's like, oh, she's not dead, and which is nice because Quinn was one I thought in the, her short screen time did actually give some charisma. Ethan, I can't say so much. Uh, he's a little bit more of a bland one, to be honest. I, I kind of I liked Ethan when he was this like bumbling idiot. Yeah, you know, yeah. he was like, oh, does that include me? Like that, which obviously you. He still kind of way. is his ghost face as well. I feel. That... I feel like anyone where ghost face got badly beat up is basically Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like any time somebody puts on the ghost face costume, as soon as they're revealed, they become this like screaming, raging psychopath, you know? Yeah. And that's what he became. He was like screaming. And I was like, um, I don't know if I'm if I'm quite buying this, you know? So I don't know. It's just that it seems to be that they always make the character like a screaming, raging fool as soon as the, they've been revealed. Um but uh, yeah, um, yeah I like. You... I quite like um, the the slight differences. Yeah, Ethan definitely becomes that. He just goes from like the bumbling to you know like a shouting, screaming. Yeah, I think one thing I did kind of actually like about um, the the cop of like Wayne um, as the killer is he didn't seem to go quite so much to that. He seemed like no, he was he a didn't. bit off the rails, but he was still acting quite like kind of calm the whole time. As if he wasn't yeah. really expecting them to get any upper hand on them at all. Um, until the last bit when he like, until the last bit, he doesn't really seem to actually lose his cool too much. Yeah. Um, which I guess kind of works, you know, with the ghost face that he is, that he just is really doesn't think you've got the upper hand on me at all. Like, it doesn't matter if you know me because I'll get away with it anyway, because I'm the cop and you're not. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of cool. You know? Yeah. And he was like, who, well, who are they going to believe? And it, I liked that all of the evidence had been planted to set Sam up as the murderer. You know, her ID was found at Jason's apartment. Um, her file was missing from the, uh, you know, from the yeah. psychologist. Uh, and and it, him being yeah, dead. <laughs> him being dead. It had all kind of been been quite cool. But what, regarding the reveals of the killers, because obviously we find out that it, it is the police officer, it's Ethan, but that Quinn is actually still alive and has been all of this time. Kind yeah. of those reveals, how did you, uh, how did you feel it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I, I was pretty okay with it. I mean, this is the first time I've had three ghost face killers, um, yeah. you know, which again, 
in some ways that kind of helps things out because it's a lot easier to harder to pick plot holes in certain points when you're like, well, there are three of them, so they could have been at any point. And if yeah. you, and consistently, obviously, Quinn wasn't around for half of it, so you know it's easy. She could have easily got around all the time, yeah, uh, even when the cop was. And Ethan was constantly suspiciously disappearing, and you know, uh, so he was played up quite a bit. Um, so yeah, I didn't really have, I didn't have a major problem with it being the family, and you know, the twist, you know, the twist on it is that it's Richie's, is Richie's family. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, I guess that it's the only. I didn't have a problem with the family. I think the only problem, and I feel like both of us are a little bit on on reflection. The the only thing is this, throughout this film, is how much we do kind of feel like we reference Scream Two. And the fact that it does feel like a very Scream 2 motivation, almost. It you know, is. It's revenge of the... It's just weird that this is the new the new cast, the new core, and basically so far we've had we've had the, you know, the boyfriend killer and the partner. Then we've had yeah. the family revenging the killer from the first one, who was the main boyfriend partner. It The motive so far is, I'd say, if there's any room for improvement in Scream 7, it's motive. Yeah. They need to come yep. up with a better reason, you know, even if they continue on, like, even if they say the cult was bigger than it was and it spread out, whatever, or maybe if they just play down less the motive and more that it is like a become like a phenomenon of, you know, a martyr that's been made, basically, whatever, you know, that's fine. But it needs to be different. And when I say it needs to be different, it also does not need to be Stu Macker as the final no. big killer. Because they, so they still haven't confirmed he's dead. They still haven't, like, they've, they did... They did play up, obviously. I know the, the the crashing on the screen of Ethan, where Kirby knocks onto his head to make him, yeah, you know, and then it's implied that Ethan is dead. So again, like it's like, well, if he's dead, then surely are you kind of confirming? And they tease it throughout the film about Stu Macker, Kirby, but they never officially say he's dead. And now it feels like they've referenced it so much that I really hope we're not going to get to the last one and be like, yeah. Yeah, he is the mastermind of our half of this. He was the one behind Richie. He's the one. Because again, that will just scream of Rogan yeah. Bridger. <laughs> yeah. That's Rogan. Yeah. That's basically just, yes, it, it might be a culmination of the whole franchise and bringing it to an end with going back to the original in that final chapter and whatever. But yeah. that would still feel very like, okay, yeah, fine. You have actually got a character from the original. This is why if they were ever going to pull that twist, it should have been in Scream 3, not... Yeah. In Scream 7 with a new cast who haven't really got a connection to Stu Macker and, you know, all that, apart from the character yeah. that was killed off in the last one, who, again, was a wasted character anyway. You know, he's the only Stu Macker relation. In, yeah, so it's, um, yeah, I hope it does well, see that, but I mean, motive-wise is the only thing I'd like to see improved. But that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy how this all played out. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, you know, it was okay, I think. It's just... It's, it was a bit. I don't know what the word is. I I I liked it, but I think that I, whenever we get to a reveal in the in the screen film, it's always kind of. It's. I wouldn't say. I don't think underwhelming is the right word. It's kind of a bit like. Oh yeah, I it's easy to overhype. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to not overhype. to overhype in your head. You're hoping for something bigger than probably, and this is probably down to fans as well. We're, we're, it's really hard with this kind of thing to ever really relive that original, like, oh shit kind of thing. But yeah, it's the fun really of the is. franchise at the same time. We still yeah, want it, so. you know, you don't want it to just be like, we know who goes faces the whole time because then it kind of takes a bit of the fun out of what I think makes this, this, this franchise 
more than some of the others is so easy to keep going because it is always a different killer and therefore it's basically like a million it's like a million old murder mystery novels basically like you can bit. just keep doing it but yeah. that doesn't mean that it doesn't make it harder to start bending the truth of like okay so w- where is the motive for the people to still be trying to kill these people um, yeah well well that's what kind of because i think they tried to do the the metaness in Scream Five. I think it was it was way too meta, and I think the problem is that I don't think the current writers or directors are as as skilled or as I, I don't want to say talented, but they don't have the ability of Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson to be able to do that. So yeah. it, it always feels as if. It, it, it's not it, it doesn't feel very fresh and it doesn't feel quite on it no they're not um, as well handed you know not they're as well not handled as, yeah you know they're just they, the, the little subtleties i think is the only thing that with these new ones that there are little subtleties that wes craven and kevin, kevin williamson had that i think are a little bit lost here and if i have been replaced yeah. by not that i don't enjoy the gore and the brutality but it does feel like someone else has taken it over and decided yeah how are we going to make this different just brutalize it up kind of thing which well, works fair, in a lot of ways it works because <laughs> i think you know with the first scream came out in 96 wes craven had been making films for 20 years you know yeah so he was extremely experienced with making them um and maybe that's a way for the scream franchise to go i did get the implication by the by the end of the film in the very last scene where sam uh, has taken billy's mask and she's contemplating keeping it and then yeah. she throws it on the floor for me it was it was symbolic of maybe that's the end of the connection to the rest of the the screens and maybe yeah. the franchise is actually going to go in a new place where it is going to be solely about the new characters it's not going to be connected to oh this is you know some this your dad your fucking you're so-and-so's illegitimate child, you know. Rich's granddad's after you now. <laughs> yeah, Rich's, Rich's granddad's, granddad's on the pool. <laughs> yeah, or Richie's granddad shagged um, Randy's sister. And Chad <laughs> and Meeks are actually related to Richie somehow. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's not going to be like everything I mean, has to be connected I, back to the original I, films. I wish I could think it. Uh, and again, like I said earlier, I read so about the writers. The only problem is that basically when they were talking about Neve Campbell, they said, they basically said like, oh yeah, the leg- legacy cap- characters, it's an open door. Whenever they want to come in, we're, yeah. we're ready to add it. And they said, we enjoy adding all these legacy characters and bringing them in and bringing all of that into this big wide universe, which makes yeah. me worried that we're going to go back down. Whereas I do firmly believe that this... I think I can just about su- survive with Kirby if you come up with a better reason because she's a younger, newer, she's not from the original, but I do believe it is time to leave Sydney and Gale in the past. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. I think, I think, it's, I think it's we're done. to move on with new characters, man. Yeah, the, the new cast should be it. Um, Kirby yeah. obviously has a link to Sam and they were in the you know, same high school, whatever, but, you know, and she, it, she can be used as a cop character, basically, that sometimes you need a cop character to be around or whatever, as long as yeah. they use it better. That's all. They need to improve upon what they did, I think, with her. Um, because as you said, it felt a bit shoehorned in just to have a returning character, legacy character that people have wanted for ages. It, it felt a bit like fan service. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And yeah. I don't know if it was needed and I don't know if it added much. The same way, I don't know how much Gail's presence. If I removed all of her scenes, even the great set piece with her, I don't feel I don't feel like it, you know, it would have made a drastic difference to this film. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm trying to find if the what the original part for Sydney was going to be. Um, I don't think I don't think there's been anything yeah. out about it yet. I don't think any, like I'm sure it might be revealed over time, or there might be something together because there was an original script. She read a script. Yeah, they, well, che- they said on, they had uh, to change the script. Yeah, and I'm reading on Metro. It said uh, Neve Campbell's shock exit from Scream Six greatly impacted sequel script. So I don't know whether they were she had a bigger part of the story, or whether they were going for the the shock of actually. Sydney's behind it now because people have always said, "Oh, Sydney! One day Sydney's going to be the killer." And if they offered her not much money, you'd think that she would have not much of a role in it. Yeah, I and I don't think she would have had much of a role. No, I think but if I think about the script, you'd have to think like it's got to be a big enough part that you'd have to rewrite it significantly. You know. I mean, this is why this is why part I'm not entirely I'm not entirely convinced, to be honest, that there weren't conversations yeah. about I, I'm not entirely convinced there weren't conversations about Stu Macker, to be honest. And yeah. that would be the only reason to have Neve Campbell because it links back to the original. I'm not co- entirely convinced that all of this shrining stuff wasn't built for Stu Macker to be part of this film. And then they went no, we're going to have to link it more to the new characters and he doesn't make any sense, so let's remove it. Because it, it definitely felt, I felt throughout, there was constant teasers of it that I almost was like, I feel like you're going this way with it. Um, and it works well as a tease and not for it actually to happen. It worked well as a red herring, but not for yeah. it actually to happen. Um, yeah, I'm really pleased. Let's have the, 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 the deaths I thought were pretty... Um, Ethan's death, um, but actually, no, the saving grace, actually, of this final act, to be honest, um, is just like actually in the last one, is it was Sam and Taro, I think, were the saving grace of this final act because yeah. bringing their character arc of them working together in the hall when Tara's hanging down over and Ethan's underneath basically getting out of like a pinata. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and Tara's basically like, you have to let me go. Yes. It, it's an on, you know, it's, it's a bit on the nose of the whole, like, you need to give me distance and you need to give me you space. Need to let me tr- you need to trust that I can take care of myself. Yeah. However, the whole, when she hand, you know, when she pulls down the knife and being like, this is what you're going to do, you know, is what kind of saved it in that way for me was the brutality that Tara and Sam bring to this final act is almost like a killer within a killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tara come, falls down, gets stabbed in the side again, by the way, logic floor. She walks off at the end, no problem, without even properly being seen by a doctor. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, but she goes right into his mouth, and I fucking loved Ethan's like that was awesome. Like yeah, you're gonna die a virgin, and like pulling it down in his mouth as you see it. I was like yeah, I fucking like that. Was that. Awesome, that was great. Yeah. Um, Quinn's obviously was more straightforward when she's on top. She just gets shot in the head in the classic way down. But I do like the fact that the blood splatter then hits her dad behind it. And it's like, both your kids are dead now. You said all your family's gone. Well, they're gone now. Like, yeah. The reference back to him earlier saying to them, like, oh, my family's dead. Yeah, they are now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that was um, awesome, you know. And that's the only scene when I think that, and that's what was nice about the the build-up was that that's the only scene when he seems to lose his shit and he runs out with a, 
you know, he run they run at each other with knives and the classic over the railing and smash through and then, you know, all of that kind of yeah. thing. Um, which then gives Sam a chance to kind of get away, get herself into her daddy's ghost face outfit. Um, which is to, a cool moment. Yeah, but I, I like the bit with him with him in the middle of all of his son's, all of his son's movies of him being a kid are playing out around yeah. him and her playing in and him basically saying about, it doesn't matter who are they going to believe? You can do what you want, but people are going to still think that you're the killer because I've set it all up, which again, yeah. because it's not completely played out, you know, that could still continue yeah. into the next one. That plot point may not completely die because no, it, could. it was all built out of speculation online. And you feel like that's not just going to go away now that she's even more involved in it. Um, yeah. But, but the, the refreshing thing that came with Richie's death in Scream 5 and now repeats here is that whole brutality of Sam. Like she literally she literally rips up the guy's fucking arm so he can't do anything else to her. Like Yeah, it's pretty brutal, isn't it? Then chooses not to kill until Tara kind of is like, mm, yeah, maybe, but it's a bit dangerous to keep him, almost like a nod of, it's a bit dangerous to keep him alive. And then boom, straight in the eye, suck it. Yeah, that was, that was brutal, man. It yeah. adds... It gives us, unlike the other ones, you know, when it was pretty much chased around and then shot in the head and, you know, shot again or several shots or that kind of thing. Yeah. It gives that extra brutality. And we, like, for horror fans, it kind of gives us that extra, like, eyes. Oh, it feels like we've got an extra couple of kills from Ghostface so much, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, you know, I do like this whole that Sam is kind of, when she has to embrace the full killer inside of her kind of thing. And, you know. Yeah. Um, and I do think going forward, though, I, I, I'm kind of hoping... Yes, I know there's going to be a Scream 7. It's just bro- bro- uh, broken box office opening records for a Scream film. So it's 100%. Oh. We're getting the confirmation any day now of Scream 7. Definitely. However, I would really prefer them not, just like they did with, say, 1, 2, and 3, but 3 could have worked out so much better if it wasn't affected by certain strikes. Certain yeah. Losing writers in the original trilogy could have ended up so much better. Uh, if we'd gone with the original, I think the original three was like the cult and the things like that they had of the cult yeah. of Ghostface, which sounded so much more interesting than what we end up getting. Even though you know, it's 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 a it's a guilty pleasure film for me. Scream three, I still enjoy it. I still think it's a yeah, fun I time. Enjoy it. Um, I don't think there's not. I don't think there's a bad Scream film. I didn't really. No, I, didn't, I don't think so. I, I didn't really like uh, Scream five, but I don't think it's not a bad film. I, you know, I. No. I I think, I think it's lot. pretty strong in a lot a lot of ways. I mean, I think for me, it's a balance in that. Like, there are some things about six logic wise that I feel like is even worse than some of the logic. And I think logically, yeah. I feel like Scream Six has a lot of flaws that I think the last film that felt that logically flawed. Scream Five had a couple, but Scream Three was the last one I felt was this logically flawed at times. Yeah. However, that's outweighed by amazing set pieces, amazing, you know, it's just a fun. This is the one that's like probably the most fun in a long time, I think. Yeah, I think in yeah. terms and of the way it, it plays out. It was fun and it was the most different, you know. Yeah. It I feel like way, I... it was it felt like it wasn't as, you know, um, you know, because it wasn't I mean, the overarching story is connected to the franchise and the legacy of Ghostface, but because it, it was, I think because it wasn't as meta and it wasn't as much about movies, I think it, it was allowing itself to actually tell an uh, enjoyable and fun story as opposed to my problem with Scream 5 where it was too much about the movies that it got in the way of what could have been a fun 
yeah. story. You know, I, mean, I, I get that. I, I mean, I feel like Scream Five is still less meta than some of the previous films. I feel like four, four, and four and two and things like that have way more, way more like meta scenes than Scream yeah. Five. But I feel but it's I because felt it it's because better. Scream Five is referencing Scream as a franchise itself. It's referencing Stab, yeah. so it does feel a little bit, you know, on the nose in that way. Um, but yeah. what I was saying about time is. Even though we might get Scream 7, I really hope that we kind of actually don't rush to get Scream 7 next year. Yeah, I, give, me, give me two years. I, I was going to say, give us a couple of years, like, you know, there was a couple of years between two and three. I'd like them to have a couple of years. Let these characters mature a bit. Let's see where Sam gets. If we just release it yeah. again next year, like it's a year later... For instance, if we do, for whatever, go down the Sam is the killer route or whatever, or one of those kind of things, you know, as we said, yeah. the, the groundwork's there that it wouldn't be impossible because it's been laid out several times that if she if if life has kind of taken her a shitty way and she just continues to get knocked down and she does go fully over the thing, that will only work if you give her a couple of years to uh, yeah. have become an older, mature, you know, they're out of university, they're now in a different position in life. And maybe Sam's life is still not going the way it was. She still goes back to her old drug addled kind of roots that we've taken her from in Scream 5 that it said about. And she's kind of just, life has just not worked out at all because she's been yeah. haunted by the past or been haunted by the fact that everyone, no one will hire her or do anything because she's like, aren't you a murderer? <laughs> yeah. Like, aren't you someone you know. who's gutted several people? Like, we don't really trust you. We're not going to give you a job. We're not going to give you these things. And, you know, Tara is the opposite. Tara is working strong and things like, you know, going, yeah. I feel like I, I could, I, I'm not saying I want it to go that way. I'm just saying if, if it were, if that was their option or whatever, then they definitely need to build a foundation and having one next year and being like year two of university. Cause it's not like university is just over. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I think giving it time, <laughs> giving it time to breathe and the characters to grow and to go into different places might be the best thing to do as opposed to just churn out another one and yeah. be like okay are they still in new york city because new you know that's where they were fun playing yeah it was fun playing with new york as its own as like a kind of like its own environment and its own set piece and it brought something fresh to the franchise so do they go oh yeah we're still in new york or are they like no we've moved back to woodsboro for some reason you know or somewhere and, so else yeah, so I'd like give, to believe I'd like to believe done. Woodsboro is gone and done. Hopefully, yeah. Because I don't really see any reason to return to Woodsboro. Sam and Tara, I don't see why they would. They both said they wouldn't return anyway because of you know basically it's just shit for them. Like so, I don't. I know we yeah. we could say that with Sydney that she never would have gone back kind of thing, but you know she only went back in Scream Four on yeah. her book tour or whatever, which you know was whatever it was for a reason to go back. But um, yeah, I, I I don't think we need to go back. To Woodsboro, I think we can no, find no. other places for them to live. But then, I guess, then comes the problem of how do all these characters still be together? <laughs> Why are you all yeah. still together? <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Maybe they're not together, and then somebody starts killing, and they have to, you know, different have to locations and yeah, different locations yeah. around and and yeah, and and there you go. You know, like several of them like that. And yeah, I just I do hope I, this is a really fun film. It's great. It's definitely one of the stronger sequels of him. And as I said, there's not, I don't, I pretty much like every screen film anyway, but I, I also think because they're mainly consistent. They mainly got a good cast. Most of them, the good ones are more character driven, but also have a good level of set pieces and kills and suspense. Um, and the only thing I think needs to come around next time is just, can we improve our level of damage to people? 
And I think, sadly, I think definitely next time one of the core four has to go. Yeah, I think. I think we've had enough teases of the deaths. They've all four of them have taken too much damage at this point. One of them legitimately needs to go. Like it was hurtful, yeah. but I also would have accepted if Chad was dead at the end of this one. But I would have preferred yeah. if it was Mindy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, just because I think by the end of it, I kind of love Chad as a character so much. Yeah, yeah. But I think you you've su- you've summed up what I thought. I think it's a fun film. I think it's it's got a good level of of gore. It's got some great set pieces. And I did what I found is that I didn't I didn't miss Sydney as much as I thought I would. I actually found that it was uh, it's blasphemy to say because she you know she is she's an all time goat in the final girl rankings. She's S tier, but I kind of I didn't miss her presence, and I think that without her and without Gail, we have a chance at the franchise actually being fresh and moving into yeah. new territory, you know? Um, let these new characters breathe. Just let them breathe. Yeah. Uh, did you have anything? I've got one or two things of people who've uh, said about their thoughts on the no. film. Any I have those no social week? media lounge. Uh, no. I've got, um, I've got Neil, uh, Neil Hibbert 84 on Instagram, uh, who said, solid entry for me. People moaning are just actively looking for something to moan about. So, yeah, that's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> Trying to find things. And um, at Scare Introducing on Insta, um, I like the movie, but I think Scream 7 should get a new creative team on board to replace Radio Silence. Controversial. Controversial I don't know. I think, fair enough. Okay, you know, there, there are reasons why, but I also would prefer not to have an inconsistency that I think would come with a new creative team. I feel like yeah. I'd rather just let them do their vision for one more film and then I don't know, we'll see wherever this franchise goes after another one. But you know, let's not let's not start running it to the point where we are just like, yeah, there are now starting to be many bad scream films. They're lucky yeah. that there are so many consistent that we can't like no other franchise I don't think has this consistency to say, you know what, we we haven't re- released an awful, terrible, bad, completely terrible film. Um, I'd prefer to see it go out than not than, than see it go to the point where we've got bad screen films where we're just like this this is a this is isn't meta, it's not scary, it's not yeah. suspenseful, the characters are just shit at this point. Like let's let let's not let this universe get to that point. Let's give it some time and let it breathe and you know. If it has to return in a decade after Scream 7, then whatever, you know. I'm sure it won't yeah. die because it's an IP and it's a franchise. <laughs> and it's all about pumping that money into that franchise, baby. That's it, man. But uh, let's let's not let it die. If we have to, let's find let's try and at least work out a good way to reinvent it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, so, I think, wrap up, I think Robbie. Yeah, I think you summarised perfectly, man. Um, so, as always... If you've enjoyed the show, then please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can get new episodes every Monday when they release. And if you please leave us a lovely review, that would be helpful. We return on Monday for our our must-see horror feature as we look at uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's Event Horizon. Is it must-see horror or is it not? Join us on Monday to find out, and we will see you next week. Take care. Goodbye. (laughs) 